John, I think it's important to tell people why they need to come back. Dangle that proverbial fitness carrot at the end. Even if it's pre-choreographed formats, I think it's important to say this is why they need to come back next week. Maybe it's going to be they're going to get a coupon. Maybe the maybe the focus is going to change or the theme that we talked about in part one. Maybe the layout or the format or the structure of the class is going to change, but I don't know how. Maybe I'm going to interject some isometric exercises into what we've done. Whatever it is, we're going to do the sun salutation backwards in the dark with glow sticks. Give them a reason to say, oh... This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, and in a previous episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing the 2012 winner of CanFit Pro's International Presenter of the Year Award, Lawrence Biscontini. And he's joining me again now to go over the second half of his article, Scripted Starts and Flawless Finales. Uh, we spent a half an hour discussing his ideas on how you can improve your class and the communication with your students and members by really scripting out your initial introduction. Now we're going to go to the back half of it and discuss the flawless finales. So, Lawrence, welcome back. Thank you so much. So excited to be here, and I'm looking forward to chatting on the second half of our of our sort of two-parter. There's a reason you feel strongly that instructors need to really script out the introduction and end of their class, and that is... That research tells us, John, people will always remember the first five minutes and the last five minutes of every experience or personal training session that they attend. They'll always remember how it began and they'll always remember how it ends. And that's what they take away with them. And that's what we generally least put a time, attention, detail, and practice into. We get so worried about what we're going to do in the body of our experience that the most important for memory recall and customer service is what we don't often practice. So the more often that we are scripted and rehearsed, the better we'll be in terms of customer service, takeaway, and also member retention and overall popularity and professionalism. Wow. It sounds like you've said that once before. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, one thing that didn't come to me in our earlier interview is that having this, both the intro and the, and the outro, I guess they would call it in the radio lingo, is that if it's scripted, then you can concentrate on the middle. Yes, absolutely. I agree. The more you have it scripted and it comes out sounding natural, but you're hitting all the bullet points that you want in the first and last five minutes in terms of what comes out of your mouth, heart, and hands, I think then you are able to put your attention into cueing to what you see then and really create an experience for the people in front of you, not from a book or DVD or magazine that someone gave to you saying, you must produce this experience. That's generally beautiful and it generally works. However, it's important to be able to cue what you see see in front of you. And I have to reiterate that all this about starts and finishes is really appropriate for personal trainers as well, because they're teaching, they're just teaching one or two people at a time. The the five minutes at the beginning and the five minutes at the end should be no less scripted and rehearsed and flawless for the personal trainer creating an experience at the beginning and the end. So everything we talked about in part one and everything we're going to talk about in part two, even more so, is applicable to personal trainers. Exactly. And you've already, in, 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 the, 
in your introduction, you're talking about doing a bit of a tease um, to, to keep people engaged, waiting for it, and you just did that naturally. I'm impressed. I hope so. Awesome. All right. Well, we've got some very cool stuff to talk about at the 28-minute mark in this interview, so uh, listener, please hang on. Okay, closings and transitions. You're right back to gratitude. Right. And before I even address gratitude, if you don't mind, I just want to draw attention to the fact that the section of the article that's called Closing and Transitions may raise a few eyebrows, John, because traditionally we called them the cool down, the first five minutes is the warm up and the last five minutes is the cool down. But now since the turn of the century, when ACE and AFA and a few other organizations have revamped their nomenclature in the books of personal training and group fitness, the words cool down really are evolving to final phase and transitions and the closings of the experiences because people don't just go to bed after class. When you cool them down, it's where you take their body temperature, you lower it down and they're not going to use those muscles for anything else. Maybe the last class on a Friday night when they're going home and going to bed. That would be appropriate to call it a cool down. However, in the industry now, there are more transitions. We're transitioning them from one way of using their body, mind, or both to another way. So they'll go and take a cycle class after their body pump, and then they'll run to the showers, and then they'll run off to back to work, and then they'll use their body differently at whatever kind of employment they possess. Or they're going to run and pick the kids up at daycare. Or sometimes they're going to go and heat up the body. Sometimes they're not necessarily going to lower the body temperature. Sometimes they're going to go and take a flexibility class. Sometimes they're not going to stretch. Sometimes they'll stretch in the shower because they're leaving class early. So we want to make sure we call them transitions. We're calling them transitions because we're transitioning them from how they've used their body with us in that experience, from yoga to kickbox, for example, to what they're going to be doing in the rest of their life. You could call it a closing. You could call it the final phase of your class experience or a personal training session, but it's not really just a cool down anymore. That really if referred to the old aerobics terminology of raising the heart rate and then lowering them and leaving people sweaty and doing some static stretching at the end. You know, that's an excellent point all in its, itself in that because, yeah, just cool down. It's like, what does that mean? But uh, by applying something like transition to it, you can, um, again, going back to it, you know, it creates more purpose for that section. Right. And I'm going to guess it probably helps to keep people's um, attention. Right. I think so. It keeps people, everybody engaged and it lets people understand that you're still going to do something for their body, but it might, might not always be cooling them down. With the trend of shorter classes these days, 20-minute and 30-minute experiences that people often take back-to-back, the end of one class is a warm-up for the next because people will do in one hour, but maybe it's a 30-minute express ab and back and core, and then a 30-minute strength class. Well, the last five minutes of one are the warm-up for the next five minutes of the next because people might take that whole hour. So cooling down? It's not cooling down at all. We're not. It's just dating ourselves if we keep using that terminology. Okay. Gratitude. I think it's important, as we do at the beginning, hey, thanks for coming today, to give them some form of terminology that fits your personality and the demographic so they know that you're thanking them for having survived the whole experience with you. Whether it was breathing to cardio killer combat kickbox, it's important to thank them for two reasons. Number one, it's wonderful customer service. You've made it to the end and I'm grateful. But number two, look at yourself and give yourself a pat on the back and thank yourself. So you're helping helping them look within and that mind-body. Give yourself that metaphorical pat on the back because for whatever reason, you made it through. And so you're a more empowered, stronger individual, perhaps leaner, than you were an hour ago. And when we give them that, you help underline what we're doing in terms of customer service and helping them look at themselves and understand why they need you. 
then you, you're suggesting people transition to making you statements. I think it's important to make the class personal. Make it be an experience. For example, if you know someone in the front, middle, or the back of experience, someone new who couldn't do squats a week ago or two weeks ago, and you know that it's not going to embarrass her to say, and I just have to say that Hazel or Mildred or Myrtle, your squats rock today. She would just be beaming and the class might even applaud. And it's just amazing how they already know each other anyway. And so when you point out success stories, that's wonderful. And you also can say things like, you all brought it today. You gave me so much energy. It was amazing. I can't begin to tell you what's going to happen in the next class after, after you've so inspired me from your energy today. Whatever it is, you statements help personalize that whole experience, whether it's a single you, Hazel or Mildred or Myrtle that I used in that example, or the general you in the second example I gave, the you plural. How do you do that without sounding contrived? Thanking them for coming? I think it's a- No, not thank them for coming, but but- the, the you part, because, you know, because I've been in classes where, you know, the instructors appearing to try to do something like that. And yet it comes off as kind of um, unreal or, uh, or um, um, maybe I'm not explaining myself. I think it's important, John, to do two things. Number one, see how your peers and colleagues do it, because it's always great to learn things how to say. When I listen to a Maureen Hagen from Canada or a Jay Blanick from California say things, I learn what fits and not fits my personality, but whether I replicate it, and I sometimes do, I get inspired to put it in my terminology, and I sometimes do. So watch your peers. Go to their classes, or their first five minutes and the last five minutes. Stick your head in the beginning and the end, but tell them you're going to do that before that, or else they'll think you're rude by not taking the whole experience. And the second thing is is speak from the heart. What did you enjoy about this group? And then put it into a you statement. If you have nothing to say, then shame on us. We need to create something that <laughs> right. Okay. It, it becomes a symbiotic relationship. So it's not always planned. Sometimes when you think, oh, I'm just going to be off today because I have 102 fever and I'm not going to tell anyone, and they actually carry you through with energy. We've all had experiences like that, or the experiences where we're overprepared and it just it's, it's just lackluster and it's just not so great. We can't prepare always those. But when you speak from the heart, you can make you statements. You all did X, Y, Z for me today. And that's just what I'm saying. You have to not make it contrived, but speak from the heart of, of what you've seen, what you've held, what you've felt, what you've heard. Put it together. Okay. And the next, you recommend making their day. Yes. I believe it's important to have something that moves beyond just the squats and lunges, sweat, or breath empowerment, if it was just a breathing class, for example. Is there some way that you could give them a VAT or a value-added training to, to that whole hour? Maybe you're allied with a local grocery store. Maybe you know a massage therapist who's looking for extra clients and is willing to give you 50% off discount coupons. Maybe you're allied with a local Lululemon because you're part of whatever program they have for instructors to spread the word of Lululemon clothes. Maybe you just want to buy a bag of candy and hand it out because it's almost a Halloween. Whatever it is, I'm not saying to go into debt over time by spending the salary that you make on giving them things, but I believe it's important to make their day. And I love in a transition or the final phase to give some sort of value add that transcends a stretch. Sometimes it's just saying, I want you all to make sure that you listen to this song on my website tonight that I'm putting on, on, on behalf of all of you and how you've inspired me and how you make me feel right now. Just something that goes on beyond the classroom. 
something that they could take with them, whether it's a thought, oh, I need to check his website, or a coupon for a discount off of Whole Foods, which I'm not going to run away from, that that says, hey, this is something I've done for my my people, my, my people I love, all, all the people that you come here and empower me. And because I am always thinking of you, I've secured all of you these coupons. I've secured for all of you this discount off of this website or company or something a friend is starting up. And, and then everybody wins and they think that you really care for them because you do. Or announcement of some event coming up. Absolutely. That's some, you know, again, just because information on its own can be of value. The next component of your transition is transcendence. What do you mean by that? I believe that movement has to transcend the classroom. Ultimately, our goal is to make every client, class, clinic, or club become a champion of living or a col ultimately the best trainers render themselves unnecessary while that's not going to happen you're trying to make them independent not dependent so you take one move that you've worked on in that class or experience whether it's from yoga to cycle to cardio killer combat kickbox and say remember when we fill in the blank try to take that outside of the class today in the following way fill in the blank So, for example, in a deadlift position, in a hip hinge where you're bending forward, hinging in the sagittal plane from the hips, not the waist, teaching people how to bend over. Say, remember when we did that whole set in the middle of class today, or maybe it was what we're doing right now as we're stretching our hamstrings, that's how I want you to bend over when you brush your teeth tonight. Because ultimately, that's how we should always bend over so our spine will work with us for the rest of our lives. You've taught them something then. When they just follow you through that whole experience, it's safe and effective and fun, you're a great clown, monkey, parrot, mimic, right? But when you've taught them something that transcends the yoga mat or the bike or the confines of that room, then you've made them a a champion of living. You've really affected their lives. That's, to me, how to define functional. Something that they can use in their life that may not even be related to swinging a kettlebell front and back for an hour. So I think if you take one movement or one aspect or one thought or one breath technique or one mo- one one sort of epic moment of a class, like if you're getting to the top of a peak of a, of a hill, instead of just saying you're almost there, you have 30 seconds left, okay, it's over. Before it's over, maybe transcend that out the classroom. Like think of something that's going on in your personal life and just as you can surmount it, surmount it now, recall how this feels now. And how it's going to feel in a second when we turn down the resistance and sit down and recall that into your life when you recall that issue you're thinking about right now. Oh, my God. Then you're taking the movement not from going nowhere in a dark where fast and you're transcending the confines of that space. That's what great leaders of the world do in any discipline. You take people and transport them. So transcendence is transporting beyond movements to life. And it can be so simple as cueing people to have a flat back and then carrying that as they walk through work with their head up and eyes forward. Something to that effect. Absolutely. Although I don't say it quite as eloquently as you do. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Okay, so uh, in the first half, you were talking about doing a teaser as to what's coming up. You're adding a teaser to your uh, transition at the end. Absolutely. John, I think it's important to tell people why they need to come back. Dangle that proverbial fitness carrot at the end. Even if it's pre-choreographed formats, 
choreography, music, and moves that aren't going to change for three months later, I think it's important to say this is why they need to come back next week. Maybe it's going to be they're going to get a coupon. Maybe the maybe the focus is going to change or the theme that we talked about in part one. Maybe the layout or the format or the structure of the class is going to change, but I don't know how. Maybe I'm going to interject some isometric exercises into what we've done. Whatever it is, we're going to do the sun salutation backwards in the dark with glow sticks. <laughs> give them a reason to say oh just that one eyebrow raise oh i am coming back not by habit but also because she said we're also going to that also makes such a difference in the end you give them a reason to come back not just tell them because it's on the schedule and because you've been coming for the last 15 years that's called habit of zombies i want you to know consciously why you're coming back because what i'm providing for you is something that no one else does and that's what the end teaser does Building class numbers is probably the number one objective of pretty much any instructor. So that's going to require a, a little forethought um, as far as understanding what that next thing is going to be. Unless you're using social media, then it's all done for you. You just have to tell people, visit my Facebook page wall, and I'm going to tell you what the teaser is, and uh, that's going to be important for the next class. And then they'll go to my Facebook wall, and it could say, you're all populating the playlist for the next ride. How wonderful is that? Then it takes all the work off of me, and they're all putting their songs, and whether they match or not, I don't care. It's the songs that they're choosing on my wall, and they're invited, and they're interactive, and their friends and friends are going to see, and their friends or friends and friends are going to see, and it's going to just grow and go viral, and then I'm going to put the playlist on iTunes and on Spotify, and it's just going to be viral. Or you could say, come to my Facebook wall tonight, and I'm going to involve you in the theme of the next class. Or I'm you a printable discount coupon or not even tell them why, but you better know why. And then have them come to your Facebook page and that's a teaser. Something that anticipates that next class in some way. A coupon that I'm going to be giving you. See this picture? I'm going to be giving it to you out next Monday. Bribe them. I don't care. They're still going to come back. And they might not and they might bring someone else. That's the teaser. Whatever the reason, it just should be ethical and legal, and it should be why they have to come back to class. It doesn't have to be associated with sweat or movement. It's interesting you bring up the Facebook page. The, uh, you know, this is episode number 234. I think back, I don't know, it was like in single digits uh, where I talked about multiple steps to build your class. And one of which is at the time, you know, it's amazing how quickly things change, is to create, you know, a a simple blog to communicate this. Um, But uh, we're going to have to spend some time talking about instructors creating their own place that they can direct people. Now, I know um, one thing I have encouraged people is to uh, use Fitness Connect, uh, Ideas Fitness Connect, in order to use it as a kind of a landing page that uh, can identify class times and whatnot. But but I like the idea of adding the the new reason to 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 visit. Absolutely. You have to have a new reason to visit. Social media is the way to build class popularity. It's also one way to look at using teasing. And also, the Idea Fitness Connect that you mentioned, I have a link to it, a button at the top left of my website. So in less than five minutes, people can get, not complete, but in less than five minutes, get a free personal spot on the web for training and teaching that all organizations see, all the certifying bodies. It's real time. In other words, when you put in your certification details, it comes back instantly to say it verifies your certification to separate the posers from the pros. And it definitely helps you build your client base and send out emails and mailing lists and 
webinar information and everything that's going on with your clients. They can put testimonials. I can't say enough positive things about this free, F-R-E-E, free. Did I mention that you pay nothing free website? called Idea Fitness Connect that you mentioned. I can't, There's no excuse for any instructor in the world not having a 100% complete profile. There just isn't. There will be a link to uh, a, a podcast interview that I did with Mike Banyan uh, from Idea about uh, Fitness Connect and how to get started with that. I don't recall the number off the top of my head, but I will add that in the show notes uh, for this podcast. Here's what I am excited about is now you're revisiting the intensity that you described in your introduction. I'm so glad you're excited about that because most people aren't. But here's the deal. If I said in part one that we're going to say at the end of how we address intensity, and I won't go into again all the ways we can do it, we want to ask them at the end of the beginning, the end of the beginning, an hour from now, I'm going to ask you, did you choose the right intensity that you needed today for you at every moment? Then at the end, now that we're revisiting intensity in our class closure, you want to ask them, hey, did you choose the intensity that you needed today? Did you all work hard enough that you needed? Did you choose to take responsibility for what you needed to do at every moment of our class today? Whatever words you choose, you need to remind them because you told them you were going to. And pretty soon, they're going to take responsibility for their intensity because they're going to know you're so busy showing different levels for so many people with so many issues that you're not doing your own one level of workout. They have to choose the right level of workout for them. Amen. No, I really, I'm, I'm excited about that. That. <laughs> Because that's always been my concern that I'm I, you're looking out over your class thinking you don't appear to be working very hard. And I know I've gotten some grief from other people about that. But if I've kind of handed that off to them in the introduction and then revisited it at the end – then I don't need to be concerned about it anymore. Absolutely. It's freeing because we can't take responsibility for so many things in this planet, least of which is your intensity. I'm coming up with so many ideas of what's going to happen in that experience for you. I can't take accountability for your intensity. Mm -mm. And I can't motivate you either. I know personal trainers say, oh, they always rely on me for motivation because, well, one, they're paying. So that's motivating because they wouldn't work that same intensity if they weren't paying, obviously. But intrinsic motivation is what really gives long-term goals, not short-term weight loss, for example. So we have to help people find what motivates them and keep their eye on that in group and personal training. And then that becomes their motivators. And then ultimately, we render ourselves unnecessary for that motivating, which is wonderful. And that, I think, ultimately is the goal, is to instill these that internal motivation like you described so that you can be there to guide them, but ultimately it's up to them to choose how hard they're going to work. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love it. All right. Then purpose. I think you just want to restate the purpose of that experience so they know, especially if they weren't there at the beginning, why they came and what they focused on. Because they may be saying things like, wow, I wasn't feeling it here or here, but maybe that doesn't re re-echo the whole purpose. Make sense? So it's important that you just sort of, as you write it, an article in high school, the first paragraph is the introduction and the last paragraph is the conclusion. And we said something as lame as this paragraph, this article discussed 
the summary to my book report of reading the latest installment in Sherlock Holmes. Done. You got to do that. At the end of an experience, say, so we set out to do cardio today. We worked our muscles and we burned a lot of fat. So did we achieve it? And they all go, yeah. And if they don't, aren't the kind of group that's all going to go, yeah. You don't ask it like a op- uh, closed-ended yes-no question. You just say, and thanks for helping us achieve it today. You were part of our team. Whatever. You have to say what you set out to do because you set out to do specifically cardio strength or flexibility or balance or breathing. Going through all this with you, it it becomes very clear that you have to set it up when your introduction and then you need to close it. Go back to the sales uh, vernacular at the end. And one doesn't work without the other, does it? Right. Right. You have to put it all together. And when you put it all together and telling people why they were there, they will know that they've achieved the purpose. But if they're sore in their shoulders and it was a class called lower body strength blowout, then maybe they realize, because you're restating the purpose, that something was off. And then they become more responsible of kinesthetically connecting to their own body and finding out what's going on. Maybe they ask you. Maybe they are more aware of their shoulders the next class. I think it's important that you always underline the purpose for several for several reasons. Okay. One thing I, I'm noticing that's actually missing here is a an opening for questions. Did you leave that off on purpose or um, is that something that you don't recommend? You mean in the scripted start or the finale to say I'm – for questions if you if you have any correct yeah something like that is that part of it i never put that into my introduction and conclusion and i think we don't have to i think if people have questions they are going to ask them i think if people have issues they're going to tell them if we have the ability or the personality to say hey if you like my class my name is this if you didn't like my class my name's this (laughs) (laughs) right or if you want to say, hey, I'm available after class, that's great. Uh, if you are available after class, if you're running to teach something else, then you don't want to say that. You want to say, hey, I teach back-to-back at this other club, but this is how you can find me, or I'm always here early, or make yourself available but realistically available. I see so many instructors say, hey, tell me what you think, but they're never around for you really to tell me what they think. It just sounds sounds nice to do it on on air, so to speak. So it's not part of my first five minutes and last five minutes because it doesn't go for every instructor, and it's not part of what I think make up, makes up the building blocks of what's going to happen in that experience because ultimately those questions aren't going to happen within that experience anyway, right? Sure, if it matches your personality, I think it's great to say, I'm always reachable, and this is how you find me. Obviously, look at me, John. My website is nothing more than find Lawrence, so I am always want to make myself available for people, plus the fact that people can't get my last name. So it's easy to find me. So I think as instructors, you could say, hey, after class, if, I'm all, if, you're, if you're female and you're in the locker room, I'm around for you. If you're a female instructor, obviously. Um, or if you want to catch me in the cafe, I always do an espresso after class or whatever it is, tell people that. But I don't make that part of my first and last five minutes because it's too difficult for too many people with our given dynamic of show up, teach, drive away. Understood. Right. Right, and and unfortunately that is the case. And yet, as soon as I asked and you started answering the question, I realized that through the introduction and the transition at the end, you're actually you know, interacting with your students in a way that it would be natural for them to come up to you and want to continue a conversation if they have questions. 
Yes, correct. If you are doing it according to your own personality and it seems sincere, absolutely they'll feel that you are approachable. And that's the most important thing. You walk in with a new Starbucks, you walk in with Vibram Five Finger Shoes, you walk in with a new shirt, they notice everything and they ask you about it. So of course they're going to ask you when they have issues that are even more cognizant or relevant to their own lives. Hey, do you recommend frozen peas or canned peas? They're going to ask you. I don't think our issue in this industry, and we have many, I don't think our issue is that the the clients or the members or the guests are too shy about what they really think. I don't think that's one of our issues. All right. Lawrence Biscontini, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I feel that you've really done a great job communicating the need for both a scripted start and a flawless finale. And again, people can find you at findlawrence.com. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to add? I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. And when people start adding some of these tips in the first five minutes and last five minutes that they might not, remember it might make you feel uncomfortable at the beginning, but growth comes from feeling uncomfortable, not from feeling comfortable. I've had a great experience. Thanks for having me on, John. Oh, you're so very welcome. And I'd love your comments, listeners, uh, at at, to uh, just kind of let us well one question though that does come to mind before i lose you is is it okay for an instructor to have these on like a, a little note card or something when they go up on the the bike or stand in front of the class absolutely i did for years script for over 10 instructors at a spa in puerto rico where i managed in the caribbean and all my instructors had to we had eight classes a day and every class everyone had a different beginning and a different end and they were accountable for memorizing every opening and closing and yes they had them on little laminated cards then we got iPhones and we transferred to those smartphones and dumb phones and then in some classes like yoga you could stick it under your yoga mat and and flip over and see it once in a while and cycle you hide it under your towel and you're seated there yes absolutely if the goal is say everything or remember half of it i'd say say everything and if that means you have to have it written down then, of course, you have it written down. I'm a visual learner in some aspects. So I like to see it. And the more I see it, the more it will transfer to my long-term memory. Well, again, Lawrence, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. 